Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page. I'm going to make this quick. I know that a lot of people aren't here tonight because of sickness. I know and be praying for them. We've got a lot of people with COVID and all that kind of stuff and flu. And I know a lot of people were worried about the weather. And so I'm going to make this short. But here's what I've been thinking about this week. My wife and I were talking the other night, and she asked me, she said, she asked me about Christmas and my feelings about Christmas. And, you know, here's the thing. I barely remember a gift I ever got at Christmas. I, I just, I remember an evil Knievel. You remember evil Knievel? Back when I was like maybe seven years old, six years old, I got an evil Knievel. Um, I remember that. I don't know why, because it didn't work that well. Um, but I remember that. But I don't remember that much about Christmas presents. I, I just, I didn't, Christmas presents, I just, I don't remember that much about. Now, here's what I've been thinking about. I've been looking. I, I went to the store the other day. I don't recommend it. And people are so stressed out and they're, you know, and they're just so rude and they're so short and they're so, and it's, it's Christmas. We should all be happy. We should all be, you know, and because I, I do remember as a kid loving Christmas because I got days off school. I love that. Um, I didn't care so much for anything else that came after that, but I, I you know, I, I got off school and I love that. And I get to hang out and, and all that kind of stuff. And okay, there's Sean. He's walking in now. Sean, I, I did give you due. We played a video by Eddie and Patrick, and I said, you taught Patrick everything he knows about building Christ Community Church Uganda. Just a little bit? Okay. Um, but we stress ourselves out at this time of year. I don't understand why. It should be a time where we de-stress, where we're just happy. Years ago, um, and this has been, I don't know, um, 15 years ago, there was a movie that came out called The Nativity Story. It's not a great movie. It's, it's about the birth of Jesus. And one of the lines, though, that struck me was Isaac Peed, who, come, who went on to do Star Wars and all that kind of stuff. He plays Joseph, and he says, he's talking about his son, and he says, what am I going to teach him? And you guys know, if your parents, your children, are idiots, <laughs> you know that. I mean, there are various degrees. I understand that. But there, you, you know what I mean. I mean, it's just, you know, my son told me one time at breakfast, he's like, when do I get to make the decisions? He's like, oh, son, I love you. I'd, I'd throw myself in front of a bullet for you. But... If I let you make the decisions, we'd all be dead in an hour. 
And, and, and you understand that. And, and, but how much pressure was it to be Mary and Joseph? You have the Son of God. That's who you're raising, the perfect, sinless Son of God. What do you do with that? Joseph apparently taught him how to do carpentry. What do you do when your son goes, Dad, that's wrong? How do you argue with that? He's the son of God. You know, so when Jesus says, you know, measure twice, cut once, you're like, okay. (laughs) You don't argue with that. Mary and Joseph were under much more stress than we are. In fact, if you look at Luke and you look at Matthew, you see that Joseph had to go to Bethlehem for the census. Why did he take Mary with him? Didn't have to. Mary could have stayed with her family. The reason he took Mary was she could have been killed. She was an unwed mother. And Joseph was there to protect her. He loved her, and he wanted to protect her. And so they go, and, and they go to Bethlehem. It says there's no room in the inn. Bethlehem, by the way, is Israel's version of Otway. There's no Marriott or Hilton in Bethlehem in the first century. It's a little teeny tiny town. The Greek word that we translate as in actually means guest room. There was no room in the guest room. Which means that Mary gave birth to Jesus in the open air in what we would consider a porch. That's what happened. And the animals would have been there. The shepherds, we're told, came there. The wise men didn't come till later. I don't mean to spoil the picture opportunity out here, but the wise men came when he was a toddler. He was already walking. He was already maybe two years old. But imagine that stress. If angels, angels came to you and said, your child is perfect, they will do no wrong. Your child is, in fact, the child of God. What do you do with that? Now, fortunately, none of us have had to deal with that because our children are rotten. We love them, but they're rotten. And so we don't have that stress. And so why do we put stress upon ourselves at this time of year? One of my favorite Christmas movies, it's not my favorite Christmas movie. My favorite Christmas movie is, of course, Die Hard, which is a Christmas movie. But... 
I love National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. How many of you have seen it? Come on. You can admit it. It's edited for television. Come on. I'm not going to go all fundamentalist on you. You've seen it. Yeah. I love the fact that Clark Griswold always, in every vacation movie, has such high hopes. He always thinks it's going to go perfectly. And it doesn't. And it never does. And yet, at the end, it turns out well. Tomorrow, tonight and tomorrow, you will have family, you will have food, you will have presents, and you will stress out. And there's no reason to stress out. Let me go back to this. I only remember one Christmas present I've ever received. You don't need to worry about the presents. You don't. Do you know what I remember from Christmas? I have memories about sitting around with my family and talking. That's what I remember about Christmas. Let me give you two examples, my favorites. It won't make my mom happy, but I'll tell you. The first one is this. I know. Yeah, that's one. I got him on. Okay. I remember one time we were at Christmas, and my older brothers, Brian and Greg, were talking. And they talked about the fact that my parents moved without telling them. And they came home to an empty house, <laughs> and they had no idea where their family was. And the comment from my father in the corner was, unfortunately, they found us. <laughs> I'll give you another one. This is my favorite. My brother Brian was talking one time. Well, he talks all the time. But he was talking one time about when he was young and he was smoking, maybe 11, 12 years old. And my dad caught him. So my dad decided to be a creative parent. He went up and he grabbed a Churchill cigar that somebody gave him and he gave it to my brother and he said, if you smoke this all the way to the nub, you can smoke. I said, how'd that go? Dad said, the little blankety blank smoked the whole thing and asked for another. <laughs> oh, don't deny it. He's shaking his head because mom's looking at him, but it's, yeah. <laughs> to, you know, I want you this weekend to relax. I want you to celebrate your salvation. And in the fact that you have that salvation, I want you to enjoy your family. I want you to have fun. Don't worry about the presents. Don't worry about how good the food is. Don't worry about any of that. 
I want you to make memories. Make good memories. And do you know how? Dad, you can come on up here. We'll get ready to go. Andrew, you can go ahead and get the kids ready for candles. You know how you make good memories? You begin by talking about good memories. I want you this weekend, because we've been through so much with COVID and lockdown, and, and then, you know, we've had the triple-demic and all this stuff. We've got so many people who are not here tonight because of sickness. Relax. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about how good the Bengals are over the Browns, even though that's a fact. Don't talk about any of that. Talk about good memories. You don't have the pressure that Joseph and Mary had. You don't. You have the salvation that Joseph and Mary helped make possible. If you're a Christian, you have the salvation that Joseph and Mary helped make possible. So relax and enjoy tomorrow. I had all this good stuff written down here about what the scripture says about light and darkness and so on and so forth. But I think I'm going to take the time and just rip him a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. You know, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <clears throat> because of our five kids, he was the worst. <laughs> now, with that said, because we'd promised to get you out of here in a reasonable amount of time, the Bible is, is really, really clear about a few things. And kids, it's going to take about three or four minutes here before you can start lighting. Jesus and the rabbis in his day used illustrations from what people clearly understood to illustrate things they didn't know about the kingdom of God. And their whole purpose as Christians then and now is to let people know the principles of the kingdom of God and demonstrate them in our lives. So, among the things, not just in Christianity, but in Judaism, and there was a whole religion in the, in the Far East called Manichaeism, named after a guy whose name is M-A-N-I, Manna, and so they called it Manichaeism, and that whole religion was about how good and evil is demonstrated and illustrated through light and darkness. And the New Testament picks up on that because the Old Testament for the Jews often dealt with it. And Jesus clarified it a lot in, what he, in, when, in his preaching. And we sometimes, and we forget sometimes what it's really all about. How do we as Christians show a lost 
dark world, and it is, the principles of the kingdom of God, how do we demonstrate them? And the Bible says that we do it, we use the concept of light and darkness, and we understand what light means in the scripture. In the Old Testament, when the Israel was guided by a light that brought them out of Egypt and ultimately into the promised land of Israel, it was called the Shekinah, or the glory of God. It was a bright light. And when Jesus was up on top of, uh, of one of the local mountains there in Israel with the three inner, the inner circle of the apostles, there was a, when Jesus was there, there was a tremendous bright light. Now, I'm inclined to believe that it was on Mount Hermon because Mount Hermon has snow on it 24 uh, a year round. But I don't know that for sure. That's just a guess. But light and darkness, and, and John, when he writes the Gospel of John, he, he says, and, and John the Baptist came into the world who was not the light, but came to give testimony to who the light really was, and that light was Jesus. Jesus actually referred to himself as the light of the world. And light, in religious terminology, the Old Testament, New Testament, means the presence of God, and the glory of God that is demonstrated through power and, and, and positive influence to people who may be watching. We use a lot of, ter of illustrations, in, even in singing, that we, at Christmas time, we sang Noel, Noel, Noel. Not many people know what it means. Actually, it's a combination of two Hebrew words one meaning birth or born, and the other meaning divinity. El is uh, it means God, so it's the birth of God. We sing it. We tell our little children from they're very small. We teach them the song, "This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine." But we don't tell them how you do it. Let me illustrate it this way. Years ago, when I was pastor at Central Church of Christ down on the corner of Grandview and Robinson, we had a, when I first came to town, we had this lady come to me and said, I, I have this little thing that I do, a ministry all my own. Whenever anybody is sick or we have a newcomer, so on, you, if you give me their address, I'll, go, I'll bake a little something and take to them. If they're not there, I'll hang it on their door. Her name was Nancy Malk. She is, she's dead now, but she did that for years and uh, th that was just something that she could do because she understood what Jesus said when he said you 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 who are Christians you're the light of the world and he said this is the way that it's done he said as the light of the world let your light so shine among men that others may see and here's the key your good works and glorify your father which is in heaven Christianity is essentially demonstrated by exceptional good works that benefit other people, even people you sometimes you don't even like. If they're in need, you give them help. The gifts that we give around Christmas time are really uh, have have very little to do with the concept that's really kind of a selfish thing that we do, but initially 
if you see what happened there, Jesus was giving his life in order to benefit people who were in a pickle. Self, and whenever people sacrifice in order to benefit other people, it gets the attention of everybody because we're being watched very carefully. You'd be surprised. So the scripture says to let your light so shine among men that others may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what Jesus said, quoted from the fifth chapter of the book of Matthew. Now, what, <clears throat> what I want to point out to you this evening, <clears throat> kids, you can start now, is this. Even though when you do something that benefits someone else and it costs you a little something, you may think that it goes unnoticed. Well, God knows it, but I'm talking about goes unnoticed in our world, but it doesn't. It, it, it does not go unnoticed. But the real impact of what we do is when we, are, when we have, as Christians, the reputation, when we actually have the reputation of being willing to sacrifice like Jesus did in order to benefit other people. That's, that's the real key. And uh, whenever that happens, whenever our reputation gets to the place where those are the kindest and the most generous people I ever saw. I, didn't, I hardly even know them, and yet they reached out to help. They offered to be a benefit to us. Yeah, get, get these lights off up here, too, if you will. It blinds an old man. It's, uh, I'm going to wait on that. Yeah. There you go. Good. Now, folks, here's, here's the, the simple reason that we've lit these tapers. Please notice carefully. When there's just this little light of mine, there's very little impact on, the, on anybody. We just can see that it's burning, and mine didn't. Yeah. Uh, that, that taper is a Democrat for sure. And <laughs> any, anyway... It, anyway, but here's, here's what we're, I'm trying to say. When, you, when we become, without pressure on anybody, when we become known as Christians and, we, and more than just one person doing something good, we have the, rep, the church has the reputation of being sacrificial in order to benefit others just like Jesus. And when we do it together, the impact is tremendous. Now is the time to stand up and hold you, hold it up until I tell you not to. If you see what happens in a dark world, when we all work together, we bring a tremendous influence of who God is and who his people are, and our world will be strongly impacted by it. Please consider developing a little ministry of your own some people just know how to make money and they use that, and that's fine. But look at a way where we can benefit other people even if it causes us to sacrifice. You may be seated. Blow out your candle. Christ Community Church, located at 25th and Thomas Avenue in Portsmouth, Ohio. 
Christ Community meets on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 10.30 a.m. For more information, visit www.christcommunity.net or check out our Facebook page.